This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Got your Bible, we're going to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 5. You may say, where is Ecclesiastes? Well, it's right after the Proverbs. So once you get to the Proverbs, go to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 5 is where we'll begin. Now, if you were here last week, we got over on a little bit just on a scripture in Ephesians 4.14 where the Lord said, we should no longer be children tossed to and fro. So when I read that, he doesn't want us to stay children. A, a prolonged infancy, babes. And so God's desire is that we grow up spiritually, that we don't stay immature. Now, I thought about this here that God says no longer be children. So you begin to think of some characteristics of a child. A child is, is not steady. He's actually unsteady. A child is not reliable. He's unreliable. A, a child is not focused. He's unfocused. Now, some of you that have children, even teenagers, you can say yes. Yes, dearly, that is exactly my child. There's nothing wrong with that, okay, at that time in their life. But God doesn't desire that we stay there. That we grow up, even spiritually. So I remember as a, as a young boy, I, know, I remember I was in elementary school, and my dad began to have me and my brother mow the lawn. And so one of us would have the front, one of us would have the back. Well, my dad always had an electric lawnmower. I, I can see it to this day because it scarred me. But it was an, a black and decker. It was orange. Some of you will remember that. And it had this big old long orange cord. Now the orange cord had a lot of scars on it. A lot of electric tape on it. And so I remember when we would first start mowing it that I wasn't very steady, and I sure wasn't very focused. And so you would be going along, and you knew if you hit that electric cord. You know how you knew? It kind of looked like a sparkler. <laughs> and I knew if I got it really bad, it would kill the breaker. It just the whole house would go out. And I remember my dad would walk out and just look at me like, how many times are you going to do this? So I remember those days in that when we mowed the lawn, there were some days I gave it a pretty good haircut and there are other days it looked horrible. I mean bad because of my lack of focus. And you know, sometimes when I get older here, you, you like to mow the lawn and, and some of you will get this, you like your, your lines to be really straight and precise. Well, in those days, they weren't straight and precise. I mean, they'd go all over the place because a lack of focus, grow up. Now, I can tell you this right now. I don't have an electric lawnmower. I have a gas mower because I hated that electric mower. It scarred me. But there became a maturity in that area, and I believe that's what God desires every one of us. So tonight, I'm going to teach you some things off the, what the Bible says that not only teaches us, it's something that I've had to learn over and over in my life, an area in the Word of God that I believe God desires us to grow up. 
So Ecclesiastes 5, verse 1. Walk prudently or guard your steps when you go to the house of God. And you draw near to hear rather than to give the sacrifice of fools for they do not know that they do evil. So better yet, what he's talking about, to hear and obey is his desire. So he said, man, when you go to the house of God, the first thing he said, you gotta hear. How many of you figured this out? That is part of being mature or growing up is to learn to hear. It's the same as a child. How many of you in here, you wish your children right now would obey you, they would hear you the very first time you told them? All of us. But just because they didn't hear us the first time, we didn't quit, we didn't give up, we kept instructing. And so the first thing he points out is here, verse two. And do not be rash with your mouth, hasty. And let not your heart utter anything hastily before God. Now pay attention. For God is in heaven or God is in charge in heaven and you on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. The less you speak, the better you're going to be. Verse 3. For a dream comes through much activity. And a fool's voice is known by his very words. So to many words will make you a fool is what he's talking about. And it's interesting right here what he gets over to. And a fool's voice is known by his many words. Verse 4. When you make a vow to God... Do not let delay to pay it. So what he's talking about here is I, I, I got to make a, 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 my vows count. And I think about the word vow. When you get married, you have this guy say to me, now would you repeat these vows to each other? And so those vows are meant to be a lifelong binding or an agreement, right? Right? So when he gets over here and he talks about vows, when you make a vow to God, do not delay to pay it. How do I make a vow? I open my mouth. Verse five, better not to vow than to vow and not pay it. Ooh, now he's getting into some very interesting things here. Better is to say nothing. Verse six, do not let your mouth cause your flesh to sin. Now that is an interesting statement right there. Do not allow your mouth to cause you to sin. So he's telling us right there, man, I got to be careful with what comes out of my mouth. That these areas lead us to an area of sin. Nor say before the messenger of God that it was an error. I didn't mean it. It was a mistake. Why should God be angry at your excuse or your voice and destroy the work of your hands? Verse 7. For in the multitude of dreams and words, there is also vanity. 
The word vanity means useless. So when he talks about here the multitudes of dreams and words is vanity, it could be translated for many useless things and words come in an abundance of dreams. So what he's getting over here on us is I gotta be very careful of what goes out of my mouth. Turn with me to the book of James, way back there in the New Testament, right after Hebrews, James chapter one. Now what I'm gonna do tonight is I'm gonna show you passage, as many as I can get in here, what the Bible has to say in this area. And this may be shocking to you, okay? I believe it'll be revelation, maybe fresh revelation, maybe uh, stir up revelation within you, but we really need to get this. James chapter one, verse 16. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. In other words, do not get thrown off course. Now, James wouldn't have warned us if this wasn't highly possible. Verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Every desirable and every beneficial gift is from God and come down from the Father of light with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Better stated here, God is unchangeable. He always keeps his promises, okay? That's what this verse is saying. Verse 18, of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth. Now how does he bring us forth? It says here, by the word of truth. And so in this life here, the instrument was the word of truth that God chose to, to, to use for every one of us. You know what that tells me? And I got to stay with the Bible. I got to stay with the gospel, which is the good news. Verse 19, now get your pen out. So then, my beloved brethren, church folk, born again Christians, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak. Now I wonder this when I read this, how many times in our life do we have this backwards? I'm swift to speak, but I'm slow to hear. And when I get to the place in my life where I speak before I think, we don't need an enemy. We don't need a devil to make our life miserable. We do well by ourselves. So I highlight again here, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak. So was James telling us here to learn to reverse the process that I get this mental stopwatch that keeps track of how much I talk and how much I listen? Now I've heard this said here that, that a man or a woman of few words has learned to discipline their tongue. They think before they speak. One of my favorite verses is Proverbs 10, 19, and it says, in the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. So if I keep talking, we will ultimately say something wrong. 
Now he said, be swift to hear and slow to speak. But watch how he ends verse 19. Slow to wrath. We know the word wrath means anger. So slow to get angry. Avoid quick and angry responses. So when I look what he's saying right here, how many of you in your life that you've been so angry, so boiling, that your mouth spewed like a volcano? I just erupt, I erupt. And so right here, James is giving us incredible insight that this is what happens, that when I become swift to, to speak and I'm, I'm, I'm not slow to it, and I get into a place of anger, I'm usually going to say things that I regret that I've said. Now, there's three areas that I believe we've got to deal with in the area of, of speaking. One is evil speaking, and what that literally means, that I like to speak the faults and the failures of others. That's evil speaking. The second one is vain or useless. And usually when it's vain or useless, it has to do about myself, that I speak about myself in a self-serving way. The third one is foolish speaking, silly or worthless or empty. Now, I believe these are areas that if the Lord could look at us, he'd say, you got to grow up in these areas. You got to grow up and become very word conscious where I begin to realize that I take time to think before I speak. Your tongue can be like that of a loaded gun. Now, I know I'm crisscrossing. Go all the way back into the Old Testament into Proverbs 18. This is one of my favorite passages on the tongue right here. This passage here, James's was incredible too. But this one right here has changed my life. Proverbs 18, verse 20. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. A person's life largely reflects the fruit of his tongue. From the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. So I look at that and I think, okay, from the produce of my lips, I am filled. So I ask myself this question, what are my lips producing? The Amplified says, it's the consequences of his words. So if right words bring satisfaction, what do wrong words bring? Dissatisfaction. Now it's interesting how he starts this. Now verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So when I look at this right here, my tongue and your tongue has the power to produce life and death. Your words are so powerful that they can kill or give life. And so he goes on to say, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. Those who love what? Those who love the talk 
will reap the benefits of what they're saying or the consequences of death or life. So he's referring here, those who love to talk will eat the fruit of their tongue. Whether life or death. So when I look at what he's talking about here, to speak life is to speak God's perspective on any issue. To speak death is to declare life's negatives, to declare defeat, or to complain constantly. So right here, he begins to let us know that my tongue and your tongue is a creative force. So let me give you a thought off of that. All day long, every day, you're either speaking life or death. Wow. The power of the tongue. Now, this is the Bible. This is what the Lord said here. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So I begin to study on these areas, and I realize I need to grow up in these areas. I need to mature in these areas because many times I would think or speak before I would think. And so many of you have heard me say that, but years ago, man, we begin to understand, man, my words have power. So I needed to be held accountable. And so me and Shelly made a pact. We made a vow that if either one of us ever said anything that didn't line up with the word of God that was negative or death, the other one had the right to correct him and say, uh-uh, uh-uh. And so it began to change us the way we would begin to speak. Over and over we would do this. Verse 7. Proverbs 18, verse 7. A fool's mouth is his destruction. A fool is undone by his big mouth. And his lips are the snare of his soul. His soul is crushed by his words. Now I can go over and over throughout the Proverbs. I encourage you to read the Proverbs and you'll see three main themes in the Proverbs. It talks about money, it talks about morals, and it talks about our mouth over and over. Mark it up and begin to say, okay, Lord, I, I need to see these things. I need to hear the word of God in these areas. And so when I read verse 7, I begin to think, oh my gosh, this is me to a T. One last passage we'll get to tonight. Matthew chapter 12. Matthew 12. Now the reason I'm going to take you here to Matthew 12, not only does it have an incredible nugget in this, but this is the Lord Jesus' words. These are all red letter words. And so what Jesus is going to do, he's going to make every one of us in here very aware of the power of our tongue. Matthew 12, verse 34. Brood of vipers, better stated, your mind has been poisoned like that of a snake. How can you be an evil speak good thanks? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So better stated here, what I put into my mouth, my mouth will, or what I put into my heart, 
my mouth will speak it out. It will be revealed by my mouth. So what is stored in your heart is going to be heard out of your mouth by the overflow of your words. Out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth speaks. So what are you putting in your heart? What are you feeding on in your heart? You may be great at jeopardy, but when it comes to spiritual, it's not going to help you. And so what I put in my heart, so that's why when I get the word of God in my heart, that will come out of my mouth. So the more I get the word of God in me, the more it's going to come out. And this is what he's telling us. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So better stated, your heart will reveal and it'll be told what's in your, out of your heart because the word's out of your mouth or your words will locate you. Your words will locate what, what your, what's in your heart. Verse 35. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. Out of his heart, it produces good things. But an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil things. So what he's saying is, whether it's good or evil, that, that the treasury is of the heart. It's stored up in your heart. This virtue is in your heart. And it's ultimately going to come out, whether it's good or evil. Verse 36. But I say to you, the Lord Jesus, that for every idle word that men will speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. So when I read this, words are very powerful. I must take them serious right here because he said something here. For every careless word, every careless word, you are going to give an account of it. It's going to come back to haunt you. You will be held accountable for what you've spoken. Every careless word. Verse 37. For by your words... I, I underline that in my Bible. I marked it, I highlighted it, it says, for by your words. I, I'm not responsible for Israel's words, I'm responsible for my words. So he says, for by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. So better yet, justified has to do with salvation, condemned has to do with damnation. So your words will be used as evidence against you and your words will either declare you innocent or guilty. Now, this is how powerful your words are. But I want to throw something in here for you, okay? You cannot solve your heart problems by just cleaning up your speech. You must welcome the Holy Spirit to help fill you up and help you to speak the right words. You're not going to be able to do it on your own, okay? I don't care how much you try. How many of you got saved out of your own talents and your abilities? No, but I can't get born again because of me. I had to have Jesus as a Savior. I can't become righteous because of me. The only way I get into right standing with God is through Jesus. So I'm saved by Christ. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming in my heart, being Lord of my life. I become righteous because I am the righteousness of God through Christ. You can't become righteous on you, okay? And the Lord says, be holy for I'm holy. You're not going to be holy by how hard you try. See, I had thoughts in my life for years that, you know what? If I would go an entire week without not lying or cussing, I'm going to be holy. But the problem with that is every bit of that is based on me and I'm imperfect. So when I look at all those, I'm saved by Christ. I'm, I'm, I am the righteousness of God through Christ. I'm righteous through him. I'm holy through him. So what would happen if we begin to say, Holy Spirit, birth in me. Birth in me that I, I, I want to, I desire your help that I speak life. I speak life. I don't speak death. I speak life. Life, life in every area of my life. Careless words. See, I can use careless words toward my children. I can use careless words toward my spouse. I can use care over and over again. But something happens when my words begin to line up with God's words. I speak it and I get in agreement. So instead of yakking about your marriage, how bad it is, why don't we just pray Ephesians 5? Lord, grace us today. I'm a husband. Grace me to love my wife like Christ loved the church. And our wives would say, and Father God, grace me to respect and honor my husband. So you know what I've done? I've allowed my tongue to get in alignment with God's word. And out of the abundance of the heart, my mouth is going to speak. So the more I tie scripture into my work, the better off I am. Over and over and over. Now, I'm going to end with this thought, and many of you have heard this for years, but I believe you need to hear this again tonight. Now, get this, okay? There's seasons in my life where I would begin to mumble and grumble and complain. You know, we're funny people here. Two months ago, we were mumbling, grumbling, and complaining about how cold it was. God, it's cold. I, I hate this. I can't wait till it's 100 degrees outside. And now here we're getting ready to start hitting that stuff, and we're like, I hate this. I, I can't wait till the fall comes. So again, we're, we're so fickle in stuff. So years ago, I was so fickle in areas of life. So I'm in here praying one day, and the Lord began to deal with me. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. You will be justified or you're going to be condemned by your words. So the Lord began to speak just, just real calm, real sweetly to me. And he said, now here's what I want you to do and this is going to help you. Every time you say something out of your mouth, you tag it and that's just the way I want it to be. We're always broke and that's just the way I want it to be. My home, we're always sick. We're all sicker than a dog. And that's just the way I want it to be. I'll never get a good job. And that's just the way I want it to be. My wife is just an old hag. And that's just the way I want Not really. And that's just the way I want it to be. So what the Lord started doing with that little nugget at the end, and that's just the way I want it to be, I begin to realize 
That's not the way I want it to be. So why am I speaking that out of my mouth? And so it did something within me. And to this day, there are times I'll get ready to say something and I'll hear that. And that's just the way I want it to be. And that's just the way I want it to be. So again, he tells us this area. And the reason I bring this up is because every one of us, every day, we are speaking life from death. I don't care what you think. Proverbs 18, 21 said, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Well, I only have one tongue, and I'm responsible for it. And so, Holy Spirit, do a work within me. I'm going to have you stand up here. Why don't you stand up here? I'm sorry it's got a little warm in here, but I'm not going to complain. Go back and look at those. I encourage you, pray those. Pray James 1.19. Father God, I ask you to grace me today to be swift to hear and slow to speak. I don't have any tattoos, but if I was going to put a tattoo behind me, it would be James 1.19. Grace me to be swift to hear, slow to speak. Grace me today, Father God, that I don't bring destruction because of my lips. Grace me today, Father God, that my words are not careless, but my words are very precise. That, Lord, you would make my tongue as that of a ready writer. Woo, that you would move within me. Now, I, I ask you right now, if you desire, raise your hands to heaven and let's pray. Let's, let's go to God and ask him to move here. Father God, we come to you tonight and, Lord, we heard your word. We heard the scriptures. And, Father God, every one of us at times in our life, we failed in this area. But Lord, right now, we take ownership and we say, Father God, forgive us, help us. You guys on live stream, pray this. That Father God, I, I welcome the power of the Holy Spirit that you would grace my tongue, Lord, that we speak life, we speak blessing, we speak victory, all for your glory in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.